0: Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. A little dreaded. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I'm sick. Mike's here. He's trooping it out for me. I'm not you know, sick. Yeah, he's fine. He's he's glorious, as always. Um but we're here, you know. A lot of big stuff going on this weekend. We're talking Michigan, Michigan State, and the fallout for that. We're also going to be hitting on the Ohio State-Penn State game because that was a banger as well. We're also going to be talking Pistons. We're talking Wings, and of course, we've got Crown Jewel. Um, and maybe some other things thrown into the mix here. But
1: yeah, Rob doesn't tell me before. Yeah, I don't. I
0: don't tell Mike stuff sometimes just because I like to see him sweat it out, and then I see, you know, I see the brains moving. I see the I see the steam coming out of his ears when he's trying to figure out a way from him to tell me that LeBron and the Lakers are still somehow gonna go to the playoffs. But it's okay. It's okay. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna figure it out. It's all gonna work it's, it's, it's all gonna work out. Somehow it's <clears> gonna <throat> happen. Know, gonna it's there. all good. You know, we all have our vices and this is one of them. But let's start out with a positive I, I you know it's funny, I just alienated half our audience, but it's fine. Let's start out, everybody what's the other podcast I can I don't wanna I hear. It. To it I don't wanna hear it. Um but let's start out here with the with the, probably the biggest news of the state right going forward. Um, no, not the elections. We don't talk about that garbage. But we do have Michigan versus Michigan State. Michigan gets the win. What was the final? Twenty nine seven. Was that the final yeah. score? Okay, twenty nine seven. They got the Paul Bunyan Trophy back for you weirdos who give a crap about that. Um, uh, I get crap out get of that. here right now. Stop it. We put yellow pants on them. Yay. Who cares? They Stupid. do that. Yeah. Oh. And then they put the helmet on there and go, okay, whatever. Um, but anyway, yeah, so they got the stupid trophy back. Um, they got the little brown jug because they beat Minnesota. They beat Minnesota. Did Michigan play Minnesota this year? Not this year. Oh, they did? Never mind. So they still have it probably from the last time they played. Anyway, they got all no, the they, stupid. No, they beat them in 2020, though. Yeah, no, no. what so I'm saying. So they got all the stupid They have trinkets. all the trophies yeah. in their trophy case. Yeah, they just... all the stupid trinkets that some people care about for whatever reason. But anyway, Michigan gets the win. Pretty much a kind of a coasting of a win. In my opinion, I know Michigan state took the seven to three lead going in to the second quarter. But after that, I don't, I mean, at one point during the second half, Michigan state had negative yards, totally total. And that was like in the fourth quarter. So clearly nothing of any real noteworthiness, but I do want to address a, a couple things. Number one, Mike, in your opinion, hmm. you know, Is this the way you saw this game playing out? Because I know there's going to be some Michigan fans coming out of that game and going, I can't believe we struggled against Michigan State. I can't believe they didn't put up more points against Michigan State. This Michigan State defense is terrible. Why didn't they put up more points? Why couldn't they score? Why blah, 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 blah. Do you agree with that sentiment? Are you okay with how the win went i mean just just kind of talk to me about i mean they clearly took care of business Mm -hmm. defensively i mean they shut michigan state down but i mean offensively are you concerned are you okay with how it happened just kind of give me your thoughts on that because i know there's gonna be some michigan fans it's the loud minority of michigan fans that are like oh we're going undefeated every year when Mm -hmm. it's just not a real thing talk to me about how you felt coming out of this game
1: yeah i mean i felt i felt pretty good coming out of this game i mean Everything that Michigan does well and everything <laughs> Michigan does as a team, they did well in this game. Yep. And I think it just gives me confidence that against even Ohio State, against anybody they play, that they can have a strong running game. Yeah. I think it's like the best thing I got <clears throat> out of this game was you've watched eight straight games basically now where Blake Corum just can't be stopped. Yeah, he just He yeah. is going to average at least – five yards a carry because he averaged five point four yesterday. Mm-hmm. Even though like thirty three carries one seventy seven but doesn't sound like you know like ten carries for a hundred but it was like it really was <clears throat> it was a um Hassan Haskins type of oh yeah. you're not you're not gonna stop him before a yard. Like yeah, right. he is going to get two or three yards guaranteed on every single run. Third and
0: three you know it's going to quorum and you still can't and you still just can't stop it.
1: And yeah. I think that's the thing that you love to see from the Michigan team. Yeah. Um and I don't think it's gonna stop no. All year. No. Is, like, we're going to line up seven guys on the line with, mm-hmm. with Andrew Anthony as a wide receiver. Yep. And we're just going to do a halfback dive. Yeah. And we're going to get four yards.
0: Yep. They're going to pull. Sorry. Six. They're, they're going, going, to going to pull eight pull, linemen. <laughs> yeah, they're going to pull
1: linemen from different sides, <laughs> crossover, do whatever, and you're just not going to stop it. And we've seen it eight straight games now, and we're probably going to see it for at least three more games to Ohio State. And I don't think Ohio State's going to necessarily neutralize it by any means. They just have the best talent to be able
0: to slow it down Mm -hmm. the best. Talk to me a little bit about J.J., because I thought this game was the first game we have seen where J.J. McCarthy's legs played an actual factor into some of their offensive success. Mm-hmm. He had a couple design runs that did not go great with the read options because they were very telegraphed, which was poor play calling on their part. But in the open space, the quarterback draws on 3rd and 11, goes for 15-20, right? The escapability factor, tackle gets blown, spins out, and he's gone, right? Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about that because I thought that was a – if if you've ever had the doubt of why they moved to J.J. McCarthy, that was why. If nothing else, they haven't made him do anything spectacular with his arm yet. I think that's still coming, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're going to have to see that more as they play against Illinois and Ohio State for sure. You know, I thought he was fine passing. I thought there was a couple passes that got away from him, but overall, Mm -hmm. I didn't have any real complaints with his throwing. They didn't really throw a whole lot. But um, I thought his escapability in the pocket and his ability to make plays with his legs is is literally – If you can go, that's why. Right there. That's why he's starting over Cade McNamara.
1: Well, yeah, and you've seen a lot this year where there were plays where the offensive line, like a guy swipes right past the tackle or the interior gets broken up. Mm -hmm. And Cade in those instances. He's dead. Yeah, yeah, he's done. It's over. He's dead. Yeah. Yeah, Like, what are you going to do? But I think J.J. gives you that. Okay, I can extend the play for at least a couple more seconds. Yeah. And give you the ability to someone else Mm -hmm. to get open, or I can even run it for three yards. So instead of taking a sack of five yards, Mm -hmm. you get two yards where you go, oh, he only got two yards out of it, but it's like, it's better than a sack of five, you know? So I think, I think that part along with JJ's, uh, ability to run or pass out Mm -hmm. of the run of the pocket gives you just that extra edge. Yeah that Cade brought last year, where Cade mm-hmm. was really accurate. Yep. Cade could throw really what, well, pretty well. Yep. That, that Once you got past, like, 25 yards.
0: Got a little shaky. You were a little yep. shaky, but anything <clears throat> within
1: 20 yards, you were like, he's going to connect you on the run yep. in perfect stride, and you're going to be perfectly fine. Yep. But once it was, okay, you got to go make a play outside, mm-hmm. or the play kind of breaks down a little bit, what are you going to do? That's where you saw him struggle a little bit, but you yep. didn't see a lot of it until Georgia because no one really right.
0: gave Forced him that pressure. Him that. Right,
1: um, JJ has seen that pressure against Iowa and has seen that pressure a little bit against Penn State early, at least yep. in the first half, yep. and saw that pressure in this game. Yep. And all three times was able to run out of the pocket and make some plays. Yep. And I think that is what gives Michigan the slight edge over Eleven teams that they play this year, yeah. outside of maybe Ohio State, right? Is JJ's ability to run?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, he had a couple really big runs there in the second half, which I was like, okay, you know. And he's he's a real he's an athletic freak. He really is. I don't. I still don't think we've seen the true arm talent of him yet. I don't think they've really unleashed no, the beast. I, I
1: think the Hawaii game that he came in at, yeah. was like his. We're gonna open up like 50%, we're gonna showcase. Like, <laughs> like we're gonna showcase you. Put up fifty percent of the playbook and go. You and Kate, like Kate, had his first game where yep. they said basically do whatever you want and showcase what you got. Yeah, and he looked fine, yeah. okay, whatever. Um, they did the same thing with JJ. They were like, JJ, what are your ten plays that you love to run, right. and we'll run them and see what happens. And he looked, he could throw, he was throwing dots all over the field. He right. threw like three touchdowns in the first half, yep. and it was one of those where it was like, that's what you can do, right? But we haven't seen it since yeah. because we don't need to do it yet. Yeah. But when you need to. That Hawaii game is the stuff that you can do if we need it.
0: Yeah, this game very much felt like, and this is kind of going back to like the overarching question, right, is this game to me was a microcosm of what Jim Harbaugh is. I don't think Jim Harbaugh went into this game thinking, I want to put up 60. I don't think that was his rationale. I really think he was like, listen, man, let's just go be us. Let's don't let's don't let them hang around, right? Let's just beat the crap out of them. And let's, you know, let's just win the game. Mm-hmm. And I I know that's a weird kind of statement to be like. Well, no kidding, they wanted to win the game. But my point is is that they didn't take a single shot in that game until three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. They didn't take any real deep bomb. They didn't like. J.J. wasn't 0 for 6 on deep throws because they were trying to take the top off. They knew Michigan State couldn't cover, and they still didn't try to attack it. They just went, nope, we're running the ball because that's what we do. We're going to run the football. We're going to be safe. We're going to have 18 play drives that take six, seven minutes off the clock. Now, the red zone offense needs to improve desperately. They had some really bad play calling there. I don't have an issue on first and goal. Going to Blake Corum, he's your best player, no issue. But then immediately coming back, same look, and you go, hey, I wonder if they're going to run a quarterback keep on this, and everybody in the stadium of one hundred and ten thousand knows it's going to JJ. Can't happen, mm-hmm. cannot happen. Um, but from basically from the twenty to the twenty, Michigan State knew on third and eight, was, they're still going to probably run the ball, and he still couldn't. You know, this felt this feels so much like a. Let's just keep the ball in our hands. Don't even allow them to get themselves into the game. Mm -hmm. Let's just grind it out. Death by paper cut. Hit, hit. Four, three, seven, four, eight, nine. Schoonmaker is
1: just doing his thing. Yes. I I really wish Eric All was there so you could have both guys just to have multiple options. But Schoonmaker literally is making this offense work by his Mm -hmm. five yard outs that he just runs every single play. And he was open. He's open every single time. It's
0: amazing. I just, this once again, this felt like a game where Michigan went, I understand it's a rivalry and we need to win this game. It very much felt like they were going in to play Maryland. Mm -hmm. It was like, Nope, don't, don't, don't let everything else get in your way. Just do your job, be the team you're supposed to be, stay true to your identity, execute up front dominate the line of scrimmage and win the, and win the possession game. And that's what they did. They mm-hmm. didn't do anything. They didn't do anything crazy. They let Michigan state flail about offensively. And that's, I think, you know, going to the Spartans here for a second, we talked about how this is basically their season, right? Mm-hmm. Like this game means a lot in the, in this particular, because they're having a down year, but Michigan state, I think number one flaw offensively. And I think Kenneth Walker kind of really, you know, covered a lot of these issues. Who are you? Mm -hmm. offensively this is the same conversation i think we had about michigan when jim harbaugh went from this ground and pound to like they tried to spread it out they brought josh gaddison and you're like this is a dumpster fire of a of an offense because you don't know who you are you're trying to copy somebody else rather than trying to figure out what you do what do your players have you know what i mean Mm -hmm. michigan state feels like that's where they're at right now they they run the gun sometimes they were having some success on some deeper passes to Collins you know in the first half completely go away from it they can't run the ball inefficiently uh, they're they're terrible running the football their offensive line is mediocre which doesn't help obviously but what are you what are you as an offense because right now it just feels like they're calling plays and there's no real rhyme or reason to oh hey you know they ran six quarter wide receiver screens at some point someone's gonna figure that out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Talk to me a little bit about that from what you're seeing, because I don't know if it's just their limited availability of quarterback, well, they don't have faith in Thorne, which begs the question, why is he playing then? I don't know. It just feels like they wanna be a run team, but they can't run, so they're throwing a the pass, but they have no confidence that they can throw. Yeah,
1: no, I think that's I think they <laughs> wanna be a run team yeah. that can't run. Yeah. And I think you're seeing that's like like I think Michigan would struggle greatly Mm -hmm. if they were trying to be a run team and couldn't be. Oh, yeah. Like we've seen previously. Oh, yeah. Like like
0: when they they tried to be a past happy team with Shea Patterson and it was not not working. working.
1: And you were just like keeping games close against Army and stuff like that where it was just like, why are you not blowing these teams out? It's because you're trying to do something you just
0: can't do. Perfect example of that is that Army game. Zach Charbonnet had like 60 carries and had Like like 80 yards. Yeah. Exactly. And it was and you like, hey, average 1.1 yards a yeah. carry. And you were like, what are you doing? Now I was killing it at UCLA now. Good for him. Yeah. But point being, continue.
1: Um, but yeah, like Michigan State, as of last year, they were like, oh, Kenneth Walker, we love to run the ball. Yeah. So this year, like, we want to run the ball some right. more. Got two
0: more transfers, both from Wisconsin, yeah. right? So stud yeah. running back, like,
1: yeah. at, like, should be good players, and yeah. they just can't seem to find the right running gaps and, mm-hmm. and run the ball well. So yeah. it's like, okay, we can't run. So then now we're at, like, I think Michigan State last year was run and play-action pass. Yeah. Kind of like the lines are, yeah. Re- realistically. Yeah, right. And then when the run game kind of dies out. You're screwed. Then the play-action pass doesn't work very well. Yeah. And you just have to go, all right, Peyton Thorne, go sit back and throw the ball. Yeah, it's not a good recipe. You, for you don't season. got a lot of stuff there. so I think... Which is
0: weird to me because they have some decent receivers, right? Jalen Reed's a stud. I like yeah. Jalen Reed a lot. The Collins guy, he's pretty good. They have a, they have a tight end that I like as well. They have... Decent weapons. I'm not going to come out here and say like they got Bama weapons, but Mm -hmm. it's not bad. They don't, the cupboard is not bare there. They, I just feel like they have no sense of what to do with these guys. Oh, we're going to run a touch pass to Jalen Reed, and we got and you're running a wide receiver screen with two running or two receivers out there. One of which is getting the ball against press man coverage. And you're wondering why he doesn't get any yards because the corner just tackled him. Mm -hmm. I go because you're not outmanning anybody. Like the scheme just doesn't make sense to me. I, people have beaten up on the defense forever. That that's a disaster and a half. But if you don't have the talent, you don't have the talent, but here I feel like you do have some pieces. You just have no idea how to use the chess pieces at all. It's just interesting to me. Uh, looking forward here, you know, Penn State, Ohio State, that was a game, right? Penn State hung mm-hmm. in a lot longer than I thought they would. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any faith in Penn State because I think James Franklin's a fraud. But uh, think everyone they kind of does. Yeah. They made Ohio State work for it, right? Yep. And, and that was a game, right? And, and Ohio State, now, the past couple weeks has come out really sluggish in the first half. Came out really slow against Iowa, even though Iowa has no offense whatsoever. They have an identity, it's called sucking. Um, offensively offensively defensively Defensively, they're great yeah for sure imagine if they put the same resources into their offense and they put their defense they may be competent but this week again right slow start against Penn Penn State gave them two turnovers in that first quarter and they only came away with three Three points points. that's not a recipe for success if you are Ryan Day or CJ Stroud in that offense talk to me a little bit about what you saw out of the Buckeyes and coming out of what you've seen now a couple tests for Ohio State, right, they played – I'm not even – I don't know how you feel. I'm not putting Notre Dame in it as a test category because I don't think Notre Dame's very good. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but it's just to me, I think yeah. they're just kind of poopy. I,
1: I, I would give it a test. If yeah. it wasn't week one – That's a good point. Yeah, because like week one, one. you Every, go in yeah. thinking that you're yeah. going to be like the stud team. Right. So like they go in thinking they were going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And then even after they lost – it was 21 to 10. So it's like, okay, yeah. we, we yeah, were like competitive. There, but right. then, like, once you lose, like, Marshall the next week, <laughs> yeah. then that's when you go, okay, we're not there. Yeah. So, like, if Ohio State would have played up, like, week five, yeah. when they were, like, two and two or something, mm-hmm. I think it would be, like, uh, whatever. Yeah, okay.
0: But I, I would say it's a test game because it was week Okay, four. fair enough. But – and you've got, you know, the Iowa game for Ohio State, which, once again, right, good defense, right? How do you how do you make something out of that? And mm-hmm. then now going into Penn State, really their first big game on the road, right? This is really – One of two games yeah. that they played on the road. Right, yet. yeah. So, you know, and that's a, that's a hostile environment, right? I wonder if it was at night if that would have done anything to change it because that, you know, that place gets a little weird at nighttime.
1: I think it would
0: have been slightly different, yeah. but not like – I don't that. think the result changes. It, no, the, not but, the result no. changes that much, um, but
1: – I think it would have helped slightly more
0: but so now we've seen a little bit of trend here with Ohio State right first half they come out a little sluggish right A little slow you know and I and I don't think Michigan is historically this year started relatively fast right I don't Mm -hmm. think they did anything all that crazy against Michigan State but overall they're a pretty fast starting team for the most part talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing out of the Buckeyes right now and right now as it stands we know we got a few weeks left right the the expectation, and I think it's fair to say, the expectation is they're both going to go in undefeated. Now, yes, absolutely. Now, Ohio State's got a bit of a test when they play Maryland. Uh, Michigan's got a big test when they go and play Illinois. Right, mm-hmm. that's going to be a tough one because Illinois is not going away. Right, they're seven and one now. Good for them. Um, but the expectation is they're going to go meet in Columbus, probably the number two and three team in the country, relatively. I'm assuming. Right.
1: They probably will
0: be. Because yeah. Georgia and Tennessee play each other right. the next cl- right. next week, actually. Right. And so one of That'll them will lose. Yep.
1: Winner of that game will be number one. Yep. And then Michigan, Michigan, or Ohio State, it'll be Michigan two. will be two yeah, and three, right. probably. So
0: two and three matchup potentially, potentially both undefeated. Um, some people have I saw yesterday, some people still have Michigan making it and Ohio State both making it to the Final Four. I just don't see how that's possible unless something drastically changes in the SEC where multiple teams have losses but anyway um where are you at right now from a viability standpoint of michigan can get the job done on the road mm-hmm. against this ohio state team like if you had to put a percentage number on it is it 40 percent? is it 55 are you kyle and are you at 85 percent? even though we thought they were going to lose to penn state because he's a weirdo what where where are you at with this team right now because I don't know what to think of Michigan mm-hmm. sometimes because I go, man, they just really have not shown much. Which is, in some ways, is good because they're able to impose their will. But I mean, if, what if JJ does need to win a game? Can he get that done? Yeah. In Ohio State, while their defense is drastically improved, I, and you know they have pieces, they're Ohio State. It's it, they're they're a juggernaut in itself, mm-hmm. but they don't look impenetrable. Either yeah. like so, I don't know where to think about this game going in, when we're three weeks out. Yeah, I mean, I'm at Michigan
1: winning at like a fifty-five four. Okay, wow, forty-five. Okay, to Ohio State winning. Yeah. Um, my my one thing with Ohio State is, th- they do this opposite weird thing that Michigan does, mm-hmm. where like Michigan goes in and they're like, like Ohio State can run the ball mm-hmm. and just pound you in, and beat you running the ball. For some reason, Ryan Day does not want to run the ball. Yeah, they have two good running backs. And they have two great running backs, and they go, we're just going to air it out on you. And the problem with the air out thing is if you, like, aren't hitting early, Mm -hmm. it takes a really long time to To get get in. Like Michigan, the thing that Michigan does is they run so well, so they do run, run, short pass, run, run, short pass. And they have their first two or three drives are always long sustained drives outside Mm -hmm. of – yesterday against Michigan State. But normally they have these nice, like like Penn State, they had yep. two, like, 14-play, yep. yep. eight-minute drives yep. to get the whole offense into their groove in, yep. and get going with what they're trying to right. do. And so they're in sync early on. Ohio State does a lot of th- – like, especially Iowa in this Penn State game, a lot of three and outs, yep. a lot of really, like, three-point, like, mm-hmm. not consistently staying on the field. So it takes them so much longer yeah. to finally get their groove. And then once they get their groove –
0: yeah, look to how, look like out. They look
1: unstoppable because yeah. Iowa couldn't stop them for a no. lick and Penn State couldn't stop them for a lick. Yeah. But it takes much longer for them to get in the net group because they want to pass so much. Right. I think that's why I give the slight edge to Michigan is I think if Michigan, say, got the ball first, oh. took an eight-minute drive, kicked a field goal or scored a touchdown, yeah. Ohio State goes three and out because they're trying to throw the ball over and can't right. throw it, then Michigan gets another eight-minute drive. It's like right. I think Michigan well, can get into the It's their... a
0: domino effect, right? It puts the pressure now. It's like, oh, now we're down 10. Now we have to make a play. Yeah. Now so you have, have to. Now you yeah. have to
1: do that, and right. I think Michigan can put you in that situation where you have to make plays. Mm-hmm. Now, the last two weeks when C.J. Stroud had to make plays, he He's made, made plays. plays. Yeah. So I don't know if that necessarily. That's why it's not like a seventy-five percent for Michigan. Right. I think Ohio State this year, unlike last year, can get it closer because I yeah. think I think last year Michigan kind of took it out of range yeah. and kept it out of range. Yeah. I don't think this Ohio State team will let it go that far, especially yeah. because it's in Columbus. Right. But I do think that Michigan can take the early lead and put that pressure on Ohio yeah. State, which is I why am, I think they have the slight favor for am, me. Yeah,
0: I am I am fascinated by this matchup because Harbaugh has changed up everything mm-hmm. to beat them. He really has. He, he's, he's literally... Done a complete facelift. After that COVID year where everyone everything fell to shit, basically. Yep. It was very much a we have to look inside ourselves and figure out what the hell we're doing. Michigan Michigan went from an
1: interesting so his before the COVID year, yeah, every year was like, I just want to make the best team possible. Yeah. I feel like these this last year and this yeah. year, he went, I just want to beat Ohio State. Yeah. And Beating Ohio State has fundamentally made a team that yeah. can also yeah. just beat up on everyone else. Well, and I think what... – So now, like, like they're finally looking, f- like, to right. that team that they have to beat. Yeah. Instead of going, we're just going to make a really good team with a whole bunch of high recruits. Yeah. But we don't really necessarily have the talent to beat the best team. Well, and now they have the talent to beat the best team. Yes. Like, like from a scheme and, like, like a personnel-wise. Yep. Yeah. And that same team, mm-hmm. he realized, oh, this team can also just – beat the crap out of everyone else also.
0: I think they found... It's wild. Going back to our previous conversation, I think they found who they are. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, before last year when they actually got the win, they were closer to beating Ohio State when they were a ground-and-pound, physically dominating team. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the year they had Jabril with Wilton Spate starting and that, that spot game, right? They ran the ball really well. That was what they attempted to do was run the ball because they knew they could not compete with them in a shootout. Right. And then they went to the spread offense because we got to figure out how to put up a gajillion points and it took forever. Also, you know, Shea Patterson blows, but there's a lot of, you know, ancillary things that goes along with that. I think he finally looked and he went, what are we doing? Who are we right? Offensively? What are we defensively? Clearly, Don Brown is not the guy to make the adjustments to, to face these athletic freaks. And that's the other thing is you you hit on it. Yeah, you were getting a lot of these really good recruits, but Ohio State's getting better recruits. They're getting better athletes. Mm-hmm. You are not able to one-on-one go athlete for athlete. Maybe sometimes you get the edge, they get the edge. But overall, they're probably winning that battle. Yeah. They're nine deep at every position, every skill position. Mm-hmm. So... All that, all that being said, right? It's one of those situations where I think they found who they want to be. Who are they? Well, listen, we're not going to be, we're not going to put up sixty. But you know what we are going to do? We're going to put up thirty-five or forty, and we're going to take six minutes off the clock every single time. We're going to dominate the line of scrimmage. We're going to be physical at the point of attack, and it's very much what he did with San Francisco. San Francisco went to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick as their quarterback. He went to an NFC Championship game with Alex Smith for a good chunk of that year. Those are not good quarterbacks, folks. And he was able to do it by two reasons. Running the ball incredibly well and playing good defense. And that's what this Michigan team is doing. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by the matchup. I'm interested to see. I hope to God they're both undefeated going into it at this point. Because here's the thing. Even if Michigan loses a game or How State loses a game, it does nothing. No, at, th- at this point, to yeah. win the Big Ten East... Unless you lose two,
1: two games. games. Which
0: would be unprecedented at this point. What an yeah. absolute I, disaster. Yeah, I I'll
1: I say Ohio State like will be undefeated going into that game. I think if Michigan did lose one, it would be probably to Illinois because right. it was like a trap game or something. Yeah. Um, But I don't see a world where they're not both undefeated. Yeah. But even if they both even lose one, yeah. the next best team is Penn State, who lost to both, both of, of these teams. Yeah. So like, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. even a one-loss – Ohio yep. State or Michigan team yep. wins the Big Ten East over anyone else in that side. Yes, so exactly. So it doesn't so, really matter right. at that point. Right,
0: so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, everyone's like really, and, and yeah, of course, you're rooting for Ohio State to lose, but at the same time, you go it doesn't really matter. Like, it, yeah. they, they could lose to Penn State and no one's going to care. Yeah, like they can, if, yeah, they can
1: lose to, yeah. well, the Penn State one would have been A little bit interesting because Penn State wins out, and then like Michigan loses. They all have one loss to each other. Yeah, then like the tiebreakers are weird. Yeah, but if like if Ohio State loses to Maryland on the road. Yeah, and they cares. and they beat Michigan. Yeah. they still Big Ten East. Like, exactly. they win the East side. They'll probably play yeah. Illinois. It's so much State. reminiscent
0: of when Ohio State lost to Purdue early on in the season. Everyone's like, oh, they lost to Purdue. And I go, yeah, that's great. But if they kick your ass, they're still in. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but I mean, matter. it doesn't really matter. Um, Interesting nonetheless. Uh, Real quick before we move on, who you got in Georgia versus Tennessee? Because that's a big game.
1: Because <laughs> <sighs> that has a lot of impact
0: yeah. on Michigan and Ohio State it if does. you think they can both get into the Final Four.
1: I think, I think the only way they both get in is Tennessee wins.
0: Yeah.
1: So. Tennessee, then, huh? I <laughs> <laughs> actually, I, I will, I, I, normally will take Tennessee regardless of the facts.
0: Yeah. Um, regardless of the facts.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I will take Tennessee. All right,
0: all right, Mike's got Tennessee. All right, interesting.
1: And let's get the Alabama-Tennessee rematch for that SEC championship game. I'm in.
0: Sure, why not? I want to see what happens if Bama has two losses somehow and they still try to figure out a way to get him in. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, all right, let's shift focus here a little bit. Uh, re- hey, good. real quick, I do want to bring up a quick Lions topic before I forget. Nothing crazy, but um, I do want to bring this up because I do think it's important because it doesn't happen very often.
1: Oh, so it's not the Lions going one in five. No.
0: Yeah. Sheila Fordham came out, talked to the media, mm, called yes. a press conference. Earlier this week. Yes, it was remember. only for like five minutes, but nonetheless. It's more than zero. So yeah, more than her mom or her father ever did. So there you go. Um, Came out, said, listen, I'm frustrated. I know the fans are frustrated. Right. I know it, it, this is not what we thought was going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. Right. At the end of the day, endorses Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, which mm-hmm. I think is fair. Sure. Yeah. Um, Thoughts, though, number one with her calling the press conference and be willing to acknowledge for the first time that they did go that the word retool quickly fell out the window and now is a rebuild. Did you Mm -hmm. notice that? Yes. Um, And then for her to come out and say, listen, it, I'm not happy with where this is, where we're at, Mm -hmm. but I do think that we do have the right people in place. Now I know some lions fans are like, this is what always happens. We stick with them too long. I go, okay, calm it down. We're a season and a half in. Let's mm-hmm. maybe pump the brakes a little. Thoughts on her calling the press conference, acknowledging what everyone's kind of thinking, where it's like, what the hell is happening? And then also signing off and endorsing Dan Campbell. And then I have a follow up with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it didn't do too much for me. Yeah. I, I guess I liked seeing that she came out and said something. Yeah. But I feel like. i i I, i'm just kind of i i'm on the boat where i'm just kind of over it at this point yeah but we have to live with it so yeah over it as in you want to see them fired well not like immediately yeah but i i I don't know actually i have to i have to really drop down and decide who i like more because right now i don't like either one of them at the moment (laughs) but i'd probably rather see dan campbell fired but not like immediately. I, yeah. I'll, I'll give it to the end of this year because I will say the expectation going in for me was like five to seven wins. Yeah. So if they do hit that five win mark, yeah, yeah. then I'll yeah. be like, oh, you hit yeah. my expectation for right. this year, right. so I'm not gonna hate you on it. But as of, as it looks right now, yeah, I'm like, if you if you hit two or three wins,
0: yeah, yeah it's it's not good. I like, think I he's know. back for year three, regardless. I mean, I think he's going to be back, but I'm gonna be like,
1: not happy. So like glad, the happiest though,
0: because here's the deal. Dan Campbell then the next day mm-hmm. comes out and says, "While I appreciate her saying that and mm-hmm. you know coming out and saying that, I am very aware that we need to win yeah. and we need to win now." So yes, I, I did like hearing that. Yeah. So the fact that he is as self-aware mm-hmm. as he is, which is something I will always appreciate, whether this works or not, I will appreciate the fact that he's very yes. like, "Hi, this is me." Yes. I thought that was interesting because I think he knows I need to get this shit figured out. And here's the thing. I don't know how much of this... I. I, There are situations. The Minnesota game, I will put on Dan Campbell, right? I can't put the Seattle game on Dan Campbell as a head coach. Mm -hmm. I can't put the New England game on Dan Campbell really as a head coach outside of the 4th and nine. That was bad. But I can't put the... Um, the Dallas Cowboy game on Dan Campbell mm-hmm. for his decision making. Yeah. This is the team he has. Now, I'm not ready to throw Red Holmes under the bus. I'm getting a little pissed because you've took in now Ivan Zrike hasn't played a damn snap, and that's frustrating. So
1: yeah, so that that's where my like I don't know who's I'm annoyed with more yeah. is the some of the questionable in game decisions. Yeah. And just like the idea that I feel like I feel like everyone says that they're here to play for Dan Campbell, but yeah. then when you don't score a point, yeah. I go, are you really here to play for Dan Campbell? Like that's stuff I get questioned for, <laughs> but, but I... it's fine. Yeah. Um, but also just like your second round picks, yeah, know. have just been awful. Yeah. Like, well, Pascal has only played one
0: game in fairness. Yeah, so. but yeah.
1: yeah, but he's played one game in like like your dra- it's weird yeah. cuz like they're drafting like they're like a 12-win team? Actually,
0: I, I I actually believe it's the complete opposite. And here's why. I, let, See, let me tell you on this. Let me tell okay. you on this first, okay? And then I'll let you go. Because in my mind, right, here's how they're thinking about this, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't love the fact they keep taking guys that are injured, okay? I don't love yes. that fact, okay? But with that being said, they're taking guys that's a little bit risky because they think the talent is mm-hmm. there, Rather than, and because this is a teardown. Like, let's be honest with ourselves here. Mm-hmm. The previous regime set this team back mm-hmm. several years. The fact that they went and spent money on Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, Mark uh, Desmond Trufant, um Chase Daniel for an obscene amount of money. You know what I mean? Those guys, Deron Harmon, and tried to say that this is what was going to fix it and spent, and and Big V even, Mm -hmm. right? And then this new regime had to come in and go, we got to get rid of all these dudes Mm -hmm. because all these dudes are terrible. They were really set behind an eight ball because the previous regime had to go all in to try to win, Mm -hmm. right? So that being said, I think they thought, okay, got six-year contracts, both of them respectively, right? They're committed to the rebuild, ownership is. We can take some guys that maybe aren't necessarily 100% healthy right this second because we have the time to develop Mm -hmm. and to grow this thing so we can accept the fact that, yeah, we're going to take some fucking hits to the chin here. But overall, and I think the philosophy is going to change as they get better, if that makes sense, where we can afford to take some swings on some guys that we think have super high upsides, even though they have an injury history, because we think the upside is there, mm-hmm. rather that I feel like if you were a twelve win team, right, and you're you're in that window of trying to win, mm-hmm. you would rather take the guy that I know is going to be this. See, you know what I mean?
1: See, I don't I don't know if I would a hundred percent agree with that because if I if I was like the Bills, yeah, and you had said like. Let's throw out, like, like, uh, like Ed Oliver or yep. something, right? Yep. And he's there, yep. and you're like, okay, you're drafting in the – like, you're, you you somehow have, like, the, the Lions' early second-round pick that they yep. took Pascal at, right? right? I, if I was, like, the Bills, I would go, okay, what do you need? Not a lot. Mm-hmm. So now you're just going to get a depth piece. Yeah. So you're going to take this high prospect that has this yeah. high thing. He might get hurt, mm-hmm. but you also have a really good D-line. Mm-hmm. So I'm like – if he doesn't play, oh well, he doesn't play. Yeah. But if he does play and he has this great upside of being yeah. a potential first-round pick, or like the right. Levi Andrique, right. Brad Holmes wanted to jump up in the first round and go get this guy. Mm-hmm. Thank God he didn't. But he wanted to jump up to get this first-round guy. Yeah. It's like if someone like the Bills or Chiefs are like, we just need an extra death piece, if he plays and he has this first-round upside, great. But if he doesn't play, we're still
0: Super Bowl contenders. Yes, but that's how you lose your window. Because if, you are, if you're drafting – for now, mm-hmm. it's different than drafting for the future. If the Chiefs were to take a whole bunch of guys, that's why the Rams are able were able to win a Super Bowl last year is because they hit on their draft pieces to play now. That's why now, their offensive line now is struggling is because you're paying Donald and Ramsey and Stafford and all these guys, but because of that, you had to neglect certain areas and you now, had to hope that you were hitting in the draft, which means you needed guys who could play now yeah. rather than taking that risk and saying, I don't know if on is going to be ready to play year one or year two with the back injury. Right. And in fairness to the lions, I don't think they were prepared for him to miss this year. I don't think that was it. I think they were very content with, all right, let's get him healthy. And then Mm -hmm. he had a massive setback. I don't think they could control that. But the point being, well, I see what you're saying is where, Hey, we can take a risk because we're already set up. Yeah. At that point though, now, when, yes, when I, you're good enough, you have to pay these guys. Mm-hmm. So you can't afford to take that risk. Well, that, that, because you have the I guess now. that's kind
1: of my thing. It's like if Ed Oliver's on his like last year and you take Pascal and you go, okay, we'll take this injury guy. Yeah. He doesn't play this year. Right. Like like Jamison Williams, for example, yeah. right? If Gabriel Davis is going on his like yeah. if he's on his like last year deal or whatever, you take Jamison Williams in the draft of the Bills and you go, sit this year. Yeah. If Gabriel Davis. Goes off or whatever and wants right. this huge contract We'll say goodbye And we, look who we have Jameson Williams next year Who could be the stud right. receiver for us Like I think <laughs> when you draft guys who have like injuries Who are going to miss half the year I think for a good team it's like we have the time to wait The Lions need players that can play today
0: Yeah but the difference is though is that You at, at, Right today. now Right now though You're not trying to I know it's a weird statement to say You're not really trying to win like seriously. Sure. Like, in all honesty, what are you tr- what what is the goal uh, of this Lions team? It's to incrementally improve, right? Yes. You know what I mean? Six, seven wins, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're not a playoff team. You have no franchise quarterback. Yeah, crazy thing is in the NFC you, you, you maybe could be. could have been. Right, but... but that I mean, this is a weird year, right? Yeah. But overall. And honestly, getting the playoffs while in the fans mind, like, Hey, we made the playoffs this year. All that does is screw you for next year. When mm-hmm. you take a step back and you go, what happened? Yeah. But anyway, you're trying to establish a foundation and find who the hell is going to be your, found, your, your, your pieces, your mm-hmm. pieces that you need to build around long term, right? You, you want, got, you have the Aiden Hutchinson's of the world of the guys you're going to build, the Penny Sewell's, the Frank Ragnall's. Those are the guys where you go, these are the guys we got to build around. We got to suffice with, but There's a lot of ancillary shit that they have on this roster right now, where you go, they're, they're patchworking, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I am not ready to hit the panic button yet. And I appreciate Sheila coming out and saying, listen, I'm not, I'm not ecstatic with it, but I think she is at least engaged with Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, where as much flack as you want to give the Ford family for their ownership, you go and say, Hey, she has got the ear to the ground. She is understanding Mm -hmm. that there is some frustration But I I have to keep reminding myself, and I think it's something that we have to remind fans as well, is that this is the first time since I can remember as being a Lions fan that's actually known what's going on, that they have actively went and said, we have to tear it down. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, put this in perspective. Since the year they went 0-16 and drafted Stafford, there has never been a year where they went, we got to start over. Mm Mm-hmm. That was 10, 12 years where they went, Nope, we gotta go for it. We gotta, we gotta put the best team on the field. We got we gotta try, right? Mm-hmm. We gotta we gotta put it together. And it now, by pushing those chips in two years ago to save Patricia's job, has now really hurt them in this current regime because you go, Man, we got a lot of there's still a lot of dead cap. The injury bug is just ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. So I am, I don't know. I just, maybe it's just my glass half full thing with the Lions because it's all I have at this point. But I just think that we need to give it time. And I'm going to be honest with you. They need to address the quarterback situation. And that's coming back to bite them in the ass in the worst way right now. Yeah, It is. It's it's 100% coming back to bite them. Mm -hmm. But I also think at the same time, looking at the quarterback class last year, and looking at what they did draft wise, mm-hmm. I can't necessarily say they were wrong to pass up a quarterback either. Yeah. So, if this year with the assets, they have a top 10 pick probably, right? <laughs> then you're yeah. going to go and say, okay, maybe two, maybe, right? It's one of those scenarios where I go, maybe this is the time where you see, okay, this is okay, we get our guy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I For me, I'm just not ready. To, if we're going to give Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia three full seasons, i got to give Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell three full seasons. Yeah. That's at least where I'm at with it. Because those guys were brought here to take us from playoff contender yeah. to Super Bowl contender and proceeded to run us right back into yeah. the ground.
1: I, the, the one about Patricia is hard because I always – Pander back. I know he's like not very good, yeah. but I always pay back to that second year. There was that six game window yeah. where you thought you were really good, and then Stanford got hurt. Yeah. So then that was the excuse. Everyone's like, "Oh well, Stanford turned. So obviously, Steve's not going to be good. Yeah. So that's why I think they got their third year. If they were just like, and Stanford played, they were just bad. I think yeah. they would have been gone after that second year.
0: But I don't know. But either way, I'm just you know, I just thought it was interesting to to hit on. That was went from a quick point to a long point. Anyway, let's talk NBA. Uh, pistons are bad, um, and it's really upsetting Who to called me. that one? Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Kate Cunningham has answered your bell, though. He's, He's coming on. He's yeah. been playing
1: pretty dang good. Um, he shoots a lot, but he does make baskets
0: sometimes. Yeah. I thought he was pretty efficient last uh, last,
1: last, last night. Last night, or uh, on Friday, he was efficient. Yeah. On Wednesday, he shot 24 shots. He got 26 points. Yeah, that's not great. So well, he crazy. had
0: 22 in the first half, and then yeah. continued. And then and continued like, not doing he, anything he, in the yeah. second half. But, um, you know. Yeah. Um, are you at the point where I'm ready for Dwayne Casey to be gone now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm been on track. For I many. don't, That's I funny.
0: don't, I don't, I don't know what else is needed. <clears throat> they need something here. They mm-hmm. need. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's very frustrating to watch this team. Here's the two things I do now, and, and, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I, I, I want your opinion because you're the basketball guy, right? Mm-hmm. Number one, Isaiah Stewart, stop shooting threes mm-hmm. he is at 1.5 for 26 on the season at no point in time is that a good enough field goal percentage from three yeah. number two get Corey joseph off of my basketball court oh i I'm not there yet I am completely and here's why if I'm gonna lose, I'm losing with the young guys that I need to figure out what it is. No, okay. I'll I'll put an asterisk there. Corey
1: Joseph shouldn't be on the court in like the last four minutes of the game.
0: Corey Joseph shouldn't start. The fact that he was in for Jaden Ivey is ridiculous to me. Yeah, put somebody else out there. Don't care. And here's why: why. you're one and six, one and five, whatever they are. If you're losing, I don't need to lose with an eight-year veteran on the damn court. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Bogdanovich is at least a guy that I can at least at least entertain being around longer because mm-hmm. he has actually an asset. Mm-hmm. He's a good three-point shooter. He's a good guy. Corey Joseph sucks. I'm sorry. He's not good. He is not a good basketball player. Uh, I kind of like Corey Joseph. I do not like him in the slightest. Now, he's not as bad as like Frank Jackson. Yeah. But he does nothing. He he is a, he is a net neutral at best in yeah. your win-loss <laughs> column. You, yeah. This team would be no better or no worse with Corey Joseph on or off this roster. Yeah. Yeah, you're so not stop kidding. playing him play Killian at least you need to figure out oh, what Killian he's, he's is he's in that negative he that's fine accurate. but listen that's fine because here's the deal here's the reality of this Pistons team right you know you have Cade Jaden's good you've got this 18 year old freak show playing yep. center right you got Shadik who needs to play much better he has not played well this year but overall you have pieces where you feel like you can build around right mm-hmm. at worst case scenario You're really bad, and you have a shot to get the next Kevin Durant, right? And that Victor
1: won him. Yeah, that
0: is the worst-case scenario. Best-case scenario is you figure out what the hell's going on, and you start winning some damn basketball games. But guess what? Corey Joseph ain't getting you there. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I get it. I want veteran presence. That's why you brought Bogdanovich in. I'm sure he can't speak English. It's fine. (laughs) Have him grunt his way all the way to leadership. Don't care. (laughs) Yeah. It's just reality. Of and I, quite frankly, I don't know how you feel. I feel like Jalen Duran needs to get more minutes. I know yeah, he hasn't looked he great, yes. but I do think that he is defensively as far as a rim protector. Like I was watching both of those line of games when he's off the court. It's an easy pickings for Trey young, mm-hmm. easy pickings. Yeah. When they play Dallas, Luca's gonna have fifty-five just from two feet in because he's gonna blow past whoever's guarding him. Cora Joseph's old ass, and then he's gonna score <laughs> because you've got no big interior presence. Isaiah Stewart is not that guy, uh-huh. but you can't have him out there either for offense because he can't shoot threes. Yeah, they can't. They can't shoot. No, they can't. And that is like mind boggling to me mm-hmm. because I go, you, you, like, uh. I, yeah, I don't know. My, my biggest thing with the Pistons
1: team is they're doing this rebuild. Their offensive sh- sets
0: are brutal.
1: Yeah, they're, they're doing this rebuild in an offense in a shooting league and decided to get, like, no pure shooters. I <sighs> thought it was wild to me. Like, like I'm
0: very – I thought I, I was like, excited about the Bogdanovich one because he can shoot. Yeah, Bogdanovich yeah. can shoot, and he's yeah. pretty good at yeah. it. But, like,
1: they, they went the whole, like, 3 and D route, which is nice. But it's like – but you can't th- shoot three Three's not there. Yeah. It's just the D. Yeah. So
0: and not even that's and, the sad part the is that is they're not guarding well. They're not, and that's the part that is frustrating more than anything. Is they like, go, we're not even like playing hard enough to be in it at the end. You're mm-hmm. losing to, by twelve to Atlanta, mm-hmm. a non-playoff team. Now this year they might, but you know, no, point being, yeah. you, know, you, know, be, you know, they'll be on them. But like last year, process. they did not make the playoffs, right? So yeah. that's where you have to hold that barometer. The the in the upcoming schedule, they're gonna be one and fifteen. There's a high chance of that yeah, happening. They play.
1: They play uh, the Warriors on today on Sunday. Oh my god! They play the Bucks, the Nets, Jeez. Sixers.
0: I mean, they might beat the Nets. They... <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Goodbye. I, that was I good. like you that. I that. Yeah, they might. I just they, they will. They might. I don't know, Nets and now. they're not going to fire Dwayne Casey right away unless maybe they do start out one and fifteen. I don't know, yeah. but Troy Weaver can't be happy. Oh, with the way this is going. No. I think Kane's played pretty well. I think Jaden Nivey's played pretty well, mm-hmm. all things considered. I think yeah. his defense at times has been a little bit rough, but overall, offensively, I think he's been really good. Um, I need more on Shadik. I think Bogdanovich has actually been really good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Shadik needs to play better. Yep. I think Killian needs to play better, even though, you know, we see what his stealing is, and that's okay. Yeah, Killian's unfortunate but but but. if you could figure out he could be your backup point guard Mm -hmm. cool yeah because he's really the third because you have ivy out there too so like really he's three men deep i am okay with that yeah but the fact that Corey joseph's getting the nod when jayden ivy's out and not killian or somebody else of youth that i can put out there it's not helping you dwayne casey needs to to tell me what they're doing are trying to win basketball games, or are you trying to build the damn thing? Mm-hmm. Because if you're trying to win now, you don't have the team to build to, to win now. You don't. Yeah. You've got all of your best players are on their first or second season in the NBA.
1: I'd say Shadik. Yeah. And Bogdanovich. Yeah. Well,
0: it's Shadik in his third year? Third year. Third year. He got drafted with Killian. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, all your main guys are three years in or under. Yeah. And Bogdanovich could potentially be gone by the trade deadline. hmm So... What are you trying to do? Because if you're trying to if you're trying to win now, you've done everything contrary to that. And yet you put Corey Joseph's old ass out there.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't get it. He's not Jimmy Butler. It's not like you have this massive superstar that you need to play. Mm-hmm. No. Sacramento didn't want him. <laughs> yeah. Just say it. Frustrating. Yeah, uh, real this quick. Is rough. Do you have another question though, NBA-wise? <laughs> Mike moves out of the way because he knows he's am going to throw fire at him here. Two, it's, it's a two-parter. Okay. Number one, how much are you enjoying the Nets imploding? Okay. And then two, should the Lakers trade LeBron?
1: Oh, that's, that's a different route. I, I don't mind that route. Okay. Uh, Nets imploding is awesome to watch.
0: And how yeah. is this affecting Durant right now? Like, oh. like what is happening? Because yeah. Ben Simmons looks like poop because he hasn't played in two years. So, a little bit of a pass, but also not.
1: Yeah. Still can't shoot, so. It's... Well, I mean, clearly. Uh, the Nets implode has been
0: just my whole team can't shoot, so it works yeah. out.
1: Uh, yeah, watching the Nets implode has just been a wild sight to God see. God bless it. Oh, you know, it's you ugly. know, they, I mean, they just don't play defense.
0: They,
1: they, they are, they just so what is, do we need defense when we can shoot? Well, the Steve lights Nash out?
0: is like, listen, guys, I was on those Phoenix Suns teams, I know how to get to the second round of the playoffs and lose. Okay, and Kevin Durant's score. like. Yeah. Right here with I, you, bro. I know how to score 130 points and win up until I play a team that plays a little bit of defense and lose 130 to 180. Yeah. I got your back.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They don't play a, like a defense. Um, it doesn't look like they want to. The crazy part is— They don't it's, look like, like they
0: want to be there.
1: Well, yes. Yes. Um, the crazy part is defense. All defense is in basketball really is just effort. Like, yes, if you put effort a in. Percent. You can, you, like as you a
0: basketball could, coach, I will say it is a thousand percent. Like, offense effort. is skill. Yes, like, like yes, If you a like, percent. if you are
1: not good at shooting, like, let's say, like Ben Simmons, yeah,
0: like, some, like your offense, just you can't. here is hard. Here's the thing: as a coach, right, and you know, because I am a basketball coach, right, I can never be mad at a player for missing a, an open shot. Mm-hmm. It happens sometimes. You hit them, sometimes you don't. Effort on defense though yeah. is something you definitely If you, you allow a guy to have yes. a wide open
1: three, correct,
0: you could just you can and you're just watching him yes. shoot it. You can go run yeah. over there and put thousand, the effort
1: in to try to defend the ten shot. Ten thousand percent. So it, that's the thing is like their offense, the Brooklyn Nets offense is pretty good. You got Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, such and such. Yeah, but they don't put or they put effort in on defense at times for like a quarter. And then they go, Ah, you know what? We don't need that anymore. And then they start losing the game because of it. Like if they put forty eight minutes of effort on defense plus what they could do on offense, they'd yep. be a fine they'd be a good team. They just don't want to do the defensive part. Yep. Yep. So Ned's implode has just been wild to watch. I would never thought well, I would never thought a, a LeBron slash a KD led team would be combined one in ten at this point in the year. But Yeah. It happened. That's rough. Um, should they? So
0: should the Lakers trade or, LeBron? Or I guess, okay. should LeBron go, I need the hell out of here?
1: Uh, yes, in like the worst way. But also, I don't think he will because it's a lot easier to break the scoring record when you're the only person that can score on the team. So, Ooh. like if he went to like... That's a really sad statement you just made. It right? is a really sad statement. But if you so say he got traded to like Philadelphia, born and raised,
0: born and raised <laughs> Philadelphia,
1: um, he would have to split possessions and like points with Embiid and James Harden. He would
0: still get his points. He would still get. Yeah, he's he going to play point guard.
1: Yeah, but he would get like a nice 18 9 and 9 instead of getting like 31 5 and 5 like he does in yeah. LA and then getting 31 gets you to yeah but he can't faster. keep
0: the 31 5 and 5 track forever he's uh, 85 those, years those old those layoffs really help out rob he's 85 years old those layoffs
1: help out a lot rob yeah. uh but yeah now should he get should he get traded yes will he get traded so Obviously how do not. you fix them then you don't they suck like rob they they suck.
0: i know they're not good i understand.
1: Uh, i think the only way to at least have a shot to, to get, fix him, build a time is... machine, go
0: back and accept that trade for Buddy Hill and Miles Turner. Yes,
1: <laughs> or just do that trade now if, you, <laughs> if it's still on the table. Which, if I'm Indiana, I'm going hard pass. Yeah, um, but the only way to start having any shot at winning is getting rid of Russell. L- Westbrook, me ask, man, let me ask. Let me ask this: He is, yeah, he's terrible, just an epitome of
0: terrible. But but let me ask this though, because Solid. Russell Westbrook has at times achieved some success in the NBA, right? do you think it would be more beneficial to the Lakers at this point as an experiment, I guess you're what? Oh, and five at this point Mm -hmm. to lean into the Westbrook experience and to go, okay, maybe we need to play more how his style benefits us, which is less spot up shooting, Mm -hmm. more downhill running and letting him really be the point. I, I know it's a weird, I know everyone is like, you are insane, but when he was in Oklahoma City, when Kevin Durant left, right? They leaned into his style, and they and they got to the playoffs. Yeah, And Washington leaned into his style, and they were – I mean, they weren't good, but they were better, the, right? The, you know the, what I mean? The
1: problem with that idea is, one, yeah. he's not as explosive as no, he used to not. be. No, he's not. He's definitely lost his stuff. And step. two, he's not as good at, like, the rim as he used to be. Yeah. Like, everything about him has just decreased. Like, if you gave me 2018 Russell Westbrook – yeah. I, I I could be like, you know what? I could coincide with that yeah. because he did that with, like, Lou Dort and a right. whole bunch of dorks yeah, out sure. there. Yeah. And he was putting up 30, 10, and 10 and yeah. winning basketball games. All on strict effort. All on just effort and yeah. strict, like, I'm just going to try harder than everyone else here. Yeah. While on a Wednesday night in Denver, I'm yeah. going to put up 30 points and no one else cares, gives a shit. Right. So that's the games I'm going to go win. Right. But he's just not athletic. And, he, like, he gets a lot of shots. He, he takes, like, 17 shots. Problem is he makes three of them. No. So if you run well, the ball— I was going to
0: say, less spot up shooting, more layoffs. But a lot of them yeah. are
1: at the rim. <laughs> he shoots—he averages 12 shots at the rim yeah. and makes three of them. Yeah. Like, so if you if you go into that, it goes, okay, so we're going to give you 20 shots, and you're going to make four at the rim?
0: Yeah. Like,
1: at that point, we might as well just run the ball through LeBron the whole game. Well, you should be doing it anyway, but, Yeah, you know. but, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't think there's a fix unless he trade Russell Westbrook. If they don't trade him, that's... I don't know who The only other way to do anything is if A.T. Davis can stay healthy for more than five games. But, because he missed his last game. Um. If you have Russell Westbrook completely... Yeah, because they were going to
0: bench Russ, and then they go, oh, shit, never mind. Pivot, 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 yeah. pivot.
1: If Russell Westbrook completely owns the second unit for, like, five-minute stretches, is the only way, I think. Because yeah. then, you could, like you said, yeah. is you can run the LeBron 80s stuff yeah. in the first eight minutes, They both sit out. Russ comes in, and then you go, all right, Russ, for five minutes. It's your show. It's your show, whatever the fuck you want to do. They also
0: have historically bad shooting. Yes. I'm really complaining about the Pistons shooting. Holy shnikes. Up there with Isaiah Stewart is everybody else in the Lakers. They had a game where the three guards shot a
1: combined one for 28 from three.
0: Yeah. That's really bad. It's really and bad. and no offense to LeBron, LeBron ain't gonna help that stat because no, he can't he's not shoot. that he's yeah. not a good shooter. He can't he can't he's shoot either. So it's like, yikes.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot fixing that team. Um, if you're LeBron, you would hopefully want to leave. But at this point, you're kind of committed. You're kind of yeah. You you signed for two years, I think, or something, or one and one or something. You should kinda
0: just just be done.
1: He's gotta, he should break the scoring title. Done.
0: I literally, he, I I would honestly, I'd be like, I get it. Yeah, because here's the thing, LeBron James. It's like the
1: Brady thing. It's like whenever Brady hangs up, you go, "All right, that's cool." Yeah, yeah.
0: Clearly, this is the year he should not have come back, but um, for a lot of reasons. But LeBron James, to me, in a lot of ways, okay, is like that. I'm trying to figure find the best kind of comparison. Um. Oh God. I'm trying to figure out like what the best what the best one is okay. for me. i I'm gonna use a Detroit reference. I'm not comparing the two people, so don't kill me here. I'm just gonna use it. I'm gonna use a reference, okay? When Matt Stafford was here, Rob listen. I'm <laughs> when Matt Stafford was here, and he had after Calvin left, right? Yeah. And you go, wow, this is a this is a rough go, mm-hmm. right? But you had to deal with a lot of garbage, right? LeBron James's career is full of a lot of garbage. And what I mean by that, and this is not a derogatory thing on LeBron at yeah. all. What I'm saying is, if LeBron James, actually, Barry Sanders is probably the perfect example of this. Yes. Barry it, Sanders is yeah, better ba- yeah. example of this. Yes. Barry Sanders, I was trying to think of something more recent, but Barry Sanders, right? It was him and nobody else for a good. I mean, they had Herman Morelli, but Ian Slary, it was him. LeBron James, for the most part, for a lot of his career, outside of a few years in Miami, you know, he had a year with the Cavs where they were relatively healthy, mm-hmm. and he had one year with the Lakers where they had decent players. Um, outside of that, he's had a whole bunch of hot garbage around him, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Some of which is due to his own faults because he wanted to play with his friends. Some of it is just because he was in Cleveland. <laughs> but yeah, I would be, I would not be mad at LeBron James in the slightest. Where he gets that whatever point it is that to to get the scoring title mm-hmm. and goes, and that was my last game. Just because. It does nothing at this point because they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to win another championship at the rate that they're going. It's not going to help his legacy. It just hurts it at this point, which yeah. you really can't. But you know what I mean? I,
1: I Yeah. And I also think, to be, to be fair on all yeah. of this, I yeah. think retroactively yeah. after that 2020 final season, yeah. I think everything after that, yeah. when people look back in like 10 years yeah. – won't really if matter. this is
0: if if this is going to compare it to anything it's it's the jordan year and a half wizards run yes is really and that's what what, and hits. that's what i mean is yeah.
1: people are, are not going to obviously let this go because it's more recent yeah. than the jordan one well, But like uh, right now what well, yeah, yeah but like in 10 years when people compare it it's like okay let's make a fair agreement that we don't talk about wizard years yeah if you don't talk about those last like three lakers years (laughs) you know what i mean like those are just like the years that you just kind of like he played but he didn't really play right like he just broke the scoring record but like outside of that nothing really happened i
0: at this point
1: like i don't think there's anything that he could like not making the playoffs i don't think just like would make anyone go you know what he's not better than jordan because he didn't make the playoffs in his 20th year no like i I think what you think right
0: now is what you're gonna think regardless yeah yeah unless
1: unless he magically goes on a run and wins another title or something what you think right now it's not gonna change until I just, I
0: just, I just. At this point, it looks like to me where he's just like, "What the hell? Why am I doing this to myself?"
1: Yeah, like it, it, I don't know. I just. It it is that.
0: Fascinating to me. All right, let's shift topics here. We're already an hour, and we still got two more big topics to talk about here. Uh, let's talk wings here briefly. Um, turn out the season okay, right? I think they're four, two and two, two and two. Good call. Um, that
1: sounds right, but I'm not like a hundred percent
0: sure. I, I think they are because they were three zero and two. They lost back to back to New Jersey and to Boston and then came back and beat Minnesota yesterday. So um, I'm going to go with that. Anyway, good call. Uh, I've been following the wings quite closely this year. Um, I'm really trying to get back into watching hockey now that I feel like there's a renewed focus on the sport again. Um, I just want to come out and just briefly talk about the fact that I love Derek alone, the head coach for the Detroit Red Wings. He is the most blunt slash calm Slash hilarious person I have ever seen as a head coach, Mike. What's wrong? You okay? You all right? Okay. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Do you see something happening on your on the? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> this is just, the, yeah. Yeah.
1: This is it. Okay. Yeah. Keep
0: going. I love. I love this coach. The Detroit media, when they were three zero and two, was like trying to get him like, oh, you're the last team to. Have a regulation loss. You're the, you know, you're playing, you know, you're 3-0-2. How do you feel about that? Blah, 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 blah. And this guy cuts them all off and goes, let's calm it down. He goes, we're playing like bottom third of the league, five-on-five hockey. We're having really good goaltending right now and some timely timely goals. Mm -hmm. He goes, while I like the fact that we're winning and they're earning these wins, let's pump the brakes. And that, to me, if nothing else, is the most Steve Iserman- saying slash person you could ask for coaching this team. Like legitimately, I can't find a fault in what Lalan's doing right now. The results are meh at right now. They're 4 2 and 2, right? I'll take it. But at the same time, I love the fact that he's like, nope. When they got killed by Boston, New Jersey, he goes, can't happen. He goes, we are not good enough to lull our way into a win like Boston can. And the fact that he is outright saying we are not a good enough hockey team to be able to just float in and out of a game. That to me at least shows that he has some sort of optics and a realistic vision of what this team currently is. And Mm -hmm. I think he's doing a great job of setting the expectation while at the same time also being like, hey, we're going to get better. We have to get better, but we're not a Stanley Cup contending team yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that from a fan perspective, at least for me, makes me go and say we have people in charge that are very hyper aware of where this team is. And they're not a delu- it's not a delusional like, oh, hey, we started out three, oh, and two, you know, we we st- we have points in five straight games. That's, you know, ha huh, 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 see, it's coming together. And they're like, no, not there yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about it, but I just I love the fact that we have both GM and head coach, where they're both like, it's not ready yet. We're getting there. And you you see the improvement. You see the improvements drastically defensively.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But they're not there yet. But I can appreciate the fact that our head coach is willing to say, while I think we are getting better, we have so many areas. And he's so hyper aware. Similar to Dan Kim where he goes, yeah, people like me right now. It, before their first game, he's like, yeah, people like me right now. He goes, but well, we haven't played a game yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't lost yet. We haven't gone on a four game losing streak. The awareness is so big for me. Yeah. For him. I don't know how you feel about it, but like that, I don't know. It like boggles my mind. Cause Blashill, I didn't feel like had any of that, where he's just like, well, you know, we chased the puck and, uh, you know, we missed the puck and, uh, you know, cause he's Canadian. So he just has a puck weird all the time.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I, I like this red Wings coach. I think he's, uh I think he's, he's. He also looks like a penguin, and I love that's that. A, that's what everyone's told me too. <laughs> Every time I show someone, they're like, "Oh, is that just a penguin?" Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I think he's. I think he's the, the right coach. He's the most
0: Eiserman coach you could yes. have. Yes. Like I think he is. They talk I, the same. They talk the same. Yeah. They they do the similar demeanor. things.
1: I feel like they're on the same page, and I'm very happy that yeah. he was able to find and pull this guy in. Uh, I think he's doing yeah. a really good job, and this team is at least looking to be competitive they're yes. in, they're in the realm of teams that i'm like i don't think you're good yet yeah but, but at least you're at. but you're competitive right against either good or bad teams right to the point where it's like unless you're playing like boston or you're playing like colorado or something yeah. i can like watch the game and go okay this might be a 3-2 game either boston way. put you in a spin cycle a
0: couple nights ago yeah. Woof!
1: but you can play most teams you can probably play about 14 to 16 of the teams yeah. in, the, in the nhl right now and go this is probably a two to one, three to two type game either way, and uh, they're just fun to watch. So unlike yeah. the Pistons and the Lions and the Tigers, well, right they're, now getting, they're getting, they're getting, they're they're
0: struggling too. Uh, we'll talk Tigers next week because I'm very interested to kind of see what they're doing front office wise. But um, from the Wings perspective, right? You're, you're you're missing two good players. Jacob Rana's out and Tyler Bertuzzi's out. So they really have had to make some changes, you know, offensively as well. So the fact that they've been able to pivot and stay relatively competitive, right? You're going to see those games against Boston where shit gets out of hand quickly. But for the most part, yeah, they're playing well. Defensively, I cannot stress overall defensively from where they were last year, this year, and on the penalty kill has been miles better already. And we're six games in. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. All right. Last topic of the day, let's talk WWE, Crown Jewel. Um, they're trying to load it up. They're trying to load it up. And while Mike's pulling up that card, did you see SmackDown this week? Can I lie to you and say I did? No, okay. <laughs> you got to go back and watch the segment. It's probably on Twitter. You can probably find it. Oh, with Sami Zayn, the Bloodline, oh, I watched and Roman parts of Reigns. That, yeah. yeah, I do watch parts of that. Awesome. Simply awesome to me.
1: I saw a lot. Of, like I, so I watched the scene where oh, uh, was it Jay goes? Yeah, I don't, I don't, care, don't care what, what he, the, what the, what the tribal what chief
0: says. And then the cut to Roman just while he lives up, up, up. I was like magic. Yeah, that was movie. Quality shit mm-hmm. that was happening right there, I lost my mind. Yeah. I was watching I saw it, it on Twitter. People were like, oh. I literally got up out
1: of my couch and screamed. Yeah. And I was like, I watched I was like, it was really good. That, that was I, was like, I literally
0: was like, I was I was home on a Friday somehow, and we were watching on the TV, and I was like, oh, well, okay, well, Roman Reigns is going to come out. And I'm going to definitely watch this because mm-hmm. I watched the tag match right before that and everything. Awesome. And then immediately when Sammy goes, You're not acting oozy (laughs) and everybody breaks. Yeah. Jay's trying to keep a straight face. He can't Roman. Can't the fans are going insane. Right. Paul Heyman's trying to keep a straight face. Jimmy or Jimmy's in the back. Everybody. It was awesome. It was a, it was a segment that is going to get overlooked, but I don't think it should because that was so good Mm -hmm. where you have literally four souls go still getting there. You have four of the best in the world, really, mm-hmm. at their respective jobs, and then Paul Heyman in there, just yeah, mind-boggling, so 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 good. Yeah, I did. I did watch oh. this one. I watched. I watched yeah, the everything whole else. I don't, yeah, I, don't care.
1: I I watched like that one scene where he goes, "I don't care what the tribal chief thinks," and he just goes, "Yeah." And, and everyone's he looked like, "Over." No, and
0: it, it because it's it's gotten to the point where you've established those characters where you go. It, that meant something, right? Where everybody went, oh, I can't believe he just said that. It's almost like he was like, you know, I'm glad Vince McMahon's dead or something. It was that kind of visceral reaction, yeah. but for a storyline. So good. So, 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 so good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's get to Crown Jewel, though. Yeah. All right, Crown Jewel happening
1: next Saturday, 11
0: yep. a.m. Eastern Time. Sure, why not? Because so, that's convenient for everybody involved. <sighs>
1: well, it's like 8 o'clock in Jedha time, so... We do what we can out here, Rob. I'm just, I I'm just it. a spokes guy. <laughs> All right, first match. You think we'd be sponsored by them by now, considering? But it's fine. Yeah. Uh, first match, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. Looking forward to it. This match is gonna be big, awesome. Big beefy dudes beating the who crap out of each other. Beating the beating crap out of each other. other. Looking
0: forward to this match quite a bit. I'm assuming Brock goes over. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if Bobby did either. Think this is. I would be shocked. If, I, I actually, Bobby's just gonna go over. Simply
1: because, like, is Brock going to do more after this?
0: Like, I feel like Bobby can. No, I mean, either way. I mean, Brock is Brock at the end of the day. Plus, with the booking in Saudi, I don't always know how that goes. That is true. You they... know what I mean? So it is always a bit weird. You know, mm. they were looking for Yokozuna to be on the first show. And Yokozuna has been dead since, like, 98. So, you know, there's that. But anyway, uh, it's just the reality of the situation. But um, I'm actually looking forward to this match. Because I think if they get a little bit of time and they just allow each other to beat the crap out of one another, like, that's what this match needs to be, right? It needs to be the best version of Goldberg-Brock.
1: From that one WrestleMania WrestleMania? Yeah,
0: where they just, for 9 to 12 minutes, beat the dog shit out of each other and you get a winner. Totally cool with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is the match that Brock needs to be in going forward. These are the type of matches. I would rather have them use Brock in this scenario than in the title defense department for the next um, thousand years. Yeah, I would agree. At least until Roman drops the title, let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Then it, maybe you can bring him back, but he doesn't need to be champion anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, next up, we have another big beefy match. I think you're going to be less excited on this one, though. <laughs> Braun Strowman, almost. Yeah, this one's going to suck. This one's going to suck hardcore. Yeah. I think Omos actually gets the win. Probably. just to kind of continue his kind of ascension but when I say I could not care less I mean I could not care less and I kind of feel like they're wasting Braun a little bit mm-hmm. like I don't think Braun should really be in the title picture I don't really think he's a good world champion it just doesn't fit the character but he could definitely be in that storyline ish mode right yeah. like as a big baby face I think people really want to cheer for Braun mm-hmm. like I see him and carrying Cross feuding Sooner rather than later, and we got. I'm going to talk about him in a little bit because. I want to talk about a little bit. Or you want to yeah. talk about it right now? Oh, oh see they nice have best transitions in the biz. <laughs> uh, steel cage
1: match. Drew McIntyre, Carrying Cross.
0: Um, I would assume Drew gets his win back here. I would number one, so okay. two. Um, I'm really souring on Carrying Cross here. I watched his match against Madcap on SmackDown. First off, his look is too polished, meaning. He's got like matching armbands with his kick pads and his tights and everything. And my girlfriend watching it with me, she goes, I don't understand why I'm supposed to be afraid of him or why I think he's like his entrance is awesome. And then it's like, but you look at him and you go, there's nothing about him where I go, oh, he's really intimidating all these other things. And I go, yes. Right. Looks too polished. He looks too polished. He needs to go. I need something. Change your look up a little bit. Even if it's just take the stupid room bands off and if tape fists. Something to to kinda lend to that I'm an I'm a you know I'm sadistic, right? Mm-hmm. And then also, God is he slow. The moveset is so slow. And I'm like, man, I didn't realize this when he was facing like Gargano and stuff. Maybe it's just because Gargano's bumping around for him. Yeah. Yikes, man. Absolutely yikes. It's it's not good. It no. is not good. I am not enjoying it. At all.
1: Nope. McIntyre
0: wins, though.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, next match. Six-man tag team action. We got Ooh. the OC, AJ Styles, the never-open-weight champion, Carl Anderson, who who knows if that's going to still be a thing, yeah. and Luke Gallows taking on the Judgment Day of Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Finn Balor. I don't know who wins this one. I'm I'm going to attest. You could make the
0: argument either one wins. And I you think go, you could. Okay.
1: I'm gonna say the OC wins, Just... only because they're like the new thing, and yeah. they they like team together.
0: So. Yeah, sure, good enough for me. But
1: I have like no real like argument on either side. Yeah, I'm good. Because I that. could either say Judgment Day has like the faction that's been going for a while, so they're like fully connected as a unit, and they. I
0: need Rhea Ripley to be the leader of the Judgment Day. By the way, because she's fantastic. <laughs> You don't she want is. Finn Balor to be anywhere. No, I mean she's no, no. I'm fine with Finn being in it, but like she should be the face. No, guy. that's what I meant. Like you yeah. don't want
1: Finn to be the face anymore. No.
0: Oh, okay. No, no. I no, I like Finn as a bad guy. I actually really am. I think he's seeing a bit of a rejuvenation, quite frankly, as him being a legit bad guy for the yes. first time in WWE. But I think Rhea adds a level. Like when I say face to the brand of the faction, I mean she's the you know. While she's competing, she's also managing each one of them, right? Like, she's got that. She embodies it so well. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when Finn comes out, I want Ripley with him. You know what I mean? I want her to be the, and this is the best way I can put this, the China to to Finn Balor's Triple H, where she is a wrecking ball out there. She slammed Luke Gallows. I thought that was great because you're establishing her as a threat, not just to the other women, but to everybody. You know what I mean? So she's not going to be on the show, probably because you know they're in
1: Saudi, you know
0: yadi yadi land. But here we are. Yep. Uh, next up,
1: the match that we ne- we always go into and go, this would probably be good, but actually this is going to be the best match on the show. So we're not going to be wrong on this one. This is actually going to steal the show. Yeah. Uh, Usos versus the Brawling Brutes. Yeah, both it's going to be awesome. This is going to be because really I look good. at like. Like we did with the Acclaim match, and we go, all right, Butch is pretty good, Rich Holland, eh, yeah. and then Usos are great. So it's yeah. like, you know, it yeah. might not be great, and it's yeah. gonna end up get being a like a B- five minus. star banger. So we're not gonna get it wrong this time. This will be a five star banger, and now
0: great. Now it's gonna be a two star crap fest, and that's gonna be annoying. Yeah, this is gonna be really good though. Yes, um, good. I really enjoy the tag team. I think it's the perfect place for a guy like. Uh, and I'm nuts to be and not, no, not Pete Dunn not Pete Dunne, the other guy Well, oh, Rich Holland Rich Holland cause he's he's young he's green right I'm glad they're not just trying to because he's big to shoot him off the card. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete Dunn looks great Michael Cole had a flub and called him Pete Dunn on Smackdown I which I thought that. was hilarious he went Pete. Dunn got hurt and then he called him Butch again I was like ah I saw that uh, <laughs> um, uh, you messed up <laughs> um No, this will be a great band. Everything the Usos do is great, seriously. The Usos are awesome. Usos are awesome. I still think at this point, you can't. I think at this point, you can make the argument for New Day as well. Mm -hmm. I think the Usos have taken over as the best tag team ever.
1: Yeah, I would. They're probably going to
0: break the reign, uh, the title reign, like length, pretty quickly here in a mm -hmm. second. That's why they're coming back to a few of the New Day again. So I really hope they do break it. They're the first people, they unify the titles right? Multiple runs as champion top guys. Right. I, I mean, it's them or the new day, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to say that they've put little, such little emphasis on the tag division. Yet the two best tag teams probably in company history are
1: within the last yeah, years. Yeah. But, right. But yeah. But
0: like low key, every time they're in a match, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I don't know. I don't know what else you can say about it. I I, I love me some heart foundation more than anybody. I'm the biggest Bret Hart fan you'll ever see, but the Usos, are better. They're mm-hmm. just better. I'm sorry. It's just the reality of it. No, Usos are awesome. Yeah. Alright. Then we have our main event
1: here. Roman Reigns. Jake Paul's brother who just beat Anderson
0: Silver last night. Which I heard got a lot of controversy on how that was scored, yes. apparently.
1: I, I don't I don't think it was that controversial. Mm-hmm. But against Logan Paul, brother of Jake Paul. I like saying that. That's things funny. Um I don't think there's a world yeah. on this on this planet
0: this is the best booking you could have done here. Yeah. Seriously.
1: I will say, though, I, I they're they going the John Cena route with this build. Yeah. Where Logan, all it takes is one punch. Yeah, yeah. Logan Paul is like, I don't think I can beat you. But all it takes is, like, the three seconds, and then I can beat you. And I go, okay. So, like, when you go that route, yeah. I go, oh, so you acknowledged it. Like, yeah.
0: the booking and everything. like, is, we no. have no shot. Like, oh, this we, is the only way you could book we this We talked one. about this a couple weeks ago when it got announced. It's the best case scenario all the way through. I have no issue with this booking at all. I really don't. When you really look at this and you go, okay, you're trying to set some stuff up with Bray, right? You know, Rollins is doing his thing. You don't really have anybody made and ready to go for Roman, right? And Roman acknowledging, dude, the dude's had two matches, right? And it's a it's it's a Saudi show, so no one takes it seriously anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you're putting you're putting it you're getting it out of the way. You're getting it out of the way. It's a marquee match for a crowd that, you know, doesn't really know wrestling, right? They're not, it's not a SummerSlam. Man- this isn't WrestleMania. It's Crown Jewel. It is the most throwaway pay-per-views of throwaway pay-per-views in so many ways. Having him go out there, give Reigns a push, a, a run for his money just to lose helps everybody. Roman stays champ. Roman hands him his first loss. Logan looks like a stud because Roman's awesome. And he's going to make him look like he belongs there. So you've established a new guy going forward. There is a, unless they actually switch the title, which would be the most catastrophic thing ever outside of that. There is no thing. There's nothing way you can go wrong here. Mm -hmm. There's no way. You know what I mean? It's the most easy layup you can have big star from outside the wrestling world who has impressed in two matches against the biggest star in the world. Mm -hmm. Easy peasy lemon squeezy Roman wins. It's not close, but he's going to make Logan Paul look like he could be world champion. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. And it's now you're going to establish him and you go, damn it. Did it again. And this is the match where people are going to go. I don't know how this is going to go. And this is the match is going to steal it. This is the match that's going to steal the show. I'm calling it right now. Dang. This is the match that's going to steal the show. Don't
1: don't go away from the tag team match. No, I think
0: the tag team match, I think, for wrestling, people are going to be like, that was better. But this is the match people are going to talk about and go, damn. And I think this is a match where, once again, you go and you look at guys like The Miz or Seth Rollins or some of these other guys that work with, um, you know, like the celebrity side, and you go, I didn't realize how good they were until they were in with somebody who had no idea what they were doing. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to talk about. Roman Reigns are the best wrestler in the world. I don't think that's arguable at this point right now. I think Mm -hmm. he is the number one guy in the industry. This is the moment where you're going to go, he's really freaking good. Because he just helped him pace through this whole world title match in front of 35,000 people. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. All right, let's get me for this week's show, guys. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking the results of Crown Jewel. We're going to talk some Tigers talk as well because they're making quite a few moves in the front office that I'm, you know, interested about. We're not going to focus on individual people, but just the general direction and the vibe we're getting from Tiger fans. Um, across the state uh we're also going to be probably talking michigan and michigan state and probably even ohio state potentially on the results of their games lots of stuff coming their way and obviously any big nfl news that comes out as well but that's gonna be it for this week's show on behalf of the missing whale man he's the mercs on mike merkel i'm the mouth of michigan robin dyke we will see you guys as always next time